Hi, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron. And I'm Tammy. And we're so glad you're here. And hey, we just want to remind you guys that next weekend, we will be having our Welcome Home Regathering. And you can find out all of the details about that at the website, newcity.us slash welcome home. We have new service times that we want to make sure that you go and read about. And hey, if you're not quite ready to gather in person, no worries. We will continue to share New City Online with you guys every weekend. And I am so excited about New City Online and about a new Facebook group that we just launched. You can go search for it. Just search New City Online. It should pop right up. We're going to continue our conversation there throughout the week about the sermon, maybe even do daily devotions and possibly take a look behind the scenes at what happens here at New City. If you're new with us today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here and let us know that you're here by going to the website newcity.us slash connect. Fill out that online connect form and we'll contact you this week. Now let's get ready to worship. And we're so glad that you're joining us this way today. We want to invite you to begin to turn your heart to a heart of praise, to a loving and kind Father. that was needed for our salvation. So let's give him praise by singing, Who Can Stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 
of the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Who can stop the Lord? Psalm 103 wrote a lot of descriptive words to try to describe, try to capture the essence of who God was. And there was no way to do that with just simple words. But this morning, you may be in a place where you have a hard time finding the good in life. In the midst of that, I want to invite you to engage this song. If you don't know it, listen to the lyrics. But listen with the intent of acknowledging that God is good no matter what our circumstances are. He deserves our praise. He's worthy of it. We're going to give it to him even now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day.
daily. The end draws near, and my time has come. Still, my soul will sing your praise on end. Ten thousand years in little four. ourselves in a place today, God, that we can give you praise in the midst of difficult times. You are still worthy. And we agree today that you are a good God. All glory be to you. Amen. Welcome back from worship. I'm so honored to be joined by Principal Deneen from Ottawaad Elementary. And she's here today to talk with us a little bit more about our school spirit project. So for those of you who want to be involved with School Spirit, it's, it's a project that we're doing with both of our partner schools, Ottawa Elementary and Greenway Park Elementary. And our goal in this is to equip all 1,800 students of those two schools with school supplies for the year. You can find out more details at newcity.us slash school spirit, as well as give at that link. So Principal Deneen, this is a couple years into doing this project with you guys. Tell us a little bit about what it's meant to Ottawild Elementary. Um, it's been incredible, honestly. Like just to be able to know that our children will be able to have all of the supplies that they need, that teachers have supplies that they need, is just an awesome thing. We have so many students in our school that really could use the help. We've had several parents reach out to us each year that you all have provided the supplies to thank you for everything that you do. It means a lot because when you purchase the supplies for the students, that's money that parents get to keep in their pockets to be able to do things like pay bills and buy food. And it's a, it's a really important thing. It's a great project. We're extremely grateful for everything that you all do. Um, so many families will benefit from your love and generosity and I truly can't thank you enough. Well, tell us a little bit more about this upcoming year. It's gonna be super challenging. 
And with remote learning in place, why is it important this year that we're, that we're providing supplies more than any other? Absolutely. Um, you know, thinking about every child's home situation is completely different. We don't know when they go home and when they leave us what they're walking into or the environment in which they live. And so when they're at school, we know that we have the supplies. And if we run out of something, it's something that we can quickly purchase and get to the students. Um, but when they're at home, they may not have access to those things. And so being able to provide each child with their own individual bag of supplies allows them to be able to do all of the work that's required of them without any of the headache or worry about how they're going to get it done because they'll have everything that they need right at their fingertips in their house. Well, I'd love to pray for you and for Ottawa Elementary and just this upcoming school year. And I'm also gonna pray for our offering today. So if you wanna take that step in giving to New City and the work that we're doing, partnering with schools like Out of Wild, the best place to do it is on our website, newcity.us slash give. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Principal Deneen. Thank you for her leadership in our community and in our school. And I pray for her as she leads the staff and administration and the teachers and the students this year, Father, that you would give her wisdom and a peace and, and just the, the ability to lead through this challenging year. And Father, I pray for the students. I pray that they would be equipped well for the upcoming school year. They'll be able to learn at home that you keep them safe, most importantly. And Father, I pray for New City that as we're partnering with Ottawa Wild and Greenway, that we will continue to be bring gospel renewal to this city and to our world. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are, wherever you are today. Thanks for joining us here at New City. My name is Travis. I'm the Idlewild pastor, and I'm really excited to be with all of you today. Um, if you're new, I want to send out a special welcome to you. Thanks for joining us today. However you found us, we're just really glad that you took a moment to be with us. And we hope this time will be one of encouragement to you. I know if you're like me, sometimes you, you feel a little nervous to open up the news or social media stuff and to learn about what else is going on in this world. It seems like every month brings something new, but I hope that you'll see today when we go to God's word and we open it up that the opposite is true, that we can find encouragement and direction from him. So once again, thanks for joining us this morning. A um, couple of quick announcements before we get going here. We're really excited to announce, hopefully uh, most of you have heard by now, that we have been preparing, we've been anticipating for quite a while now what regathering is going to look like. And we're looking forward to this next Sunday, August 9th, when we will be regathering at each of our locations. Now, I want to make clear that we realize a lot of you are still uncomfortable, uh, not ready quite to engage yet in person, and we want you to please hear from us that we respect that, we understand that, and that you are still a part of the New City family here, and we want to continue ministering to you, even if it is through the digital format. But for everyone else, we look forward to seeing you on our locations. There's a lot of info, there's a lot of things that have changed for us and how we look at doing this safely and out of faith, but if 
If you have questions, if you want to know more about what each of that's going to look like at all of our locations, feel free to reach out to us, or you can go to newcity.us slash welcome, where you can find more info about how we as a church are regathering as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, one of the things I wanted to do before we get going in God's word this morning is I did want to share as the Ottawa pastor some just for a few minutes on some of the things that we're looking forward to this coming year. Most of you will remember that almost a year ago today, Idlewild launched its very first team meeting. We launched uh, this campus over at the Idlewild Elementary School, and in August, we started gathering as a team to really talk about what this was going to be like. Eventually, we would uh, officially launch in at the end of October of 2019. And so a lot has really happened in that time. It's been a really neat kind of story that God's been leading us through. Um, One of the biggest hurdles, of course, though, was when we got to March, as the rest of the world, we we faced the, the reality of COVID. And so we've learned how to reassess and rethink how we're doing a lot of this stuff. And and I've been reflecting on this, thinking about kind of our story as a location. And, uh, you know, I remember thinking back as we were just felt like we were just now getting going and we had gotten some momentum and rhythm. And then, you know, when COVID hit, I remember thinking a couple times like, God, why? What? What? why is this happening right now? And in my course, in my own mind, I'm envisioning, I'm thinking through all this stuff that we've got lined up and ahead. And, and yet I just, I found myself in that place, but God gently reminded me that my plans and, and my desires will never match up to what he has ultimately planned and what, how he can provide for us. And, and the neat thing is that I want to share this morning is he has done just that. Um, we have had to make a lot of changes. We're, we're no longer going to be meeting in the Attawad Elementary School. But just down the road, Cokesbury United Methodist has been extremely gracious to us, and they've allowed us to put up a tent, which you'll see here in just a sec. Um, this has been really neat. We're going to be moving to an outdoor service and be underneath a tent, and so it's, it's a lot of change. We're going to be at Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, um, and, and even though that's a lot of change and there's a little bit of a heartache and pain through that, I I've got to be honest with you, I'm actually really excited about this and the potential uh, that could come from it. We're, we're really going to narrow it down to the basics of gathering people in community safely and just sharing the gospel, living life together under a tent. And so it's going to be really neat. We, we've got a lot of other stuff that we're going to continue. Our main hope and vision for this location would be that we would reach the community that it is in. That is our heart, is to reach the Idlewild community. So we're going to be focusing on even more smaller efforts as well. One of the things I'm excited about is a thing called Alpha Groups. And if you're not familiar with that, it's a great ministry that is all dedicated towards sharing the good news of Jesus with people that don't really know anything about it. And so we're looking to launch those. Hopefully we're going to be continuing our efforts into serving the community through things like leaf raking, spring cleaning, other things like that, as well as continuing our involvement with the school. So a lot of really neat stuff come up. If you're ever interested, please know you're always welcome to come and check us out sometime there. But one thing I would ask is if, if we come across your mind, if God lays it in your heart, please pray for us. And Pray for our church, for that matter, as we go through this, this really difficult time. Idlewild, is, in a lot of ways right now, is kind of like a relaunch as we feel it. But nonetheless, we're excited to be a part of that. So today, I wanted to share with you, though, what has become one of my 
personal favorite passages, especially as it relates to the church, um, and particularly the body of believers who make up the church. And I think what you'll see today, it serves not only as an encouragement, but also a reminder A reminder of how God desires to be in relationship with us and to help bring us into his plan, that we can be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And so we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians, Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica, chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 1 here in just a minute. Before we do that, I thought it might be good to have just a a little bit of context into this book. I think it'll help us understand what's going on and why what is written is so important. So here's just a couple quick things, and I think you history people will like this. So the city of Thessalonica, which is still in existence today, by the way, it was a major port city in the Aegean Sea, right off the Mediterranean. Um, There was a lot of commerce, a lot of trade that happened here. It was a major Greek city. Um, It was also a city on what was called the Ignatian Way. And so the Ignatian Way was pretty neat. It's it's also still in existence today. It was ultimately a, a road system built by the Romans that connected Rome all the way to Constantinople, or modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. Very, very prominent road, very, very important. And so if you were a city that happened to be lucky enough to be on this, it, it helped build your city, and it created this really unique culture in the city of Thessalonica. And as a prominent Greek city, one of the other things that we know about it was that it was very involved in paganistic religion and was by default not at all in line with the teaching of Jesus and what the church was trying to accomplish. But thanks to the efforts of the Apostle Paul and his team and his second missionary journey, he comes to Thessalonica, he shares the gospel with a group of people, and they form this little group, this church in the city. And and something really spectacular happens, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. But before we do that, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, it is good to be together today, even if that is in just the digital way. We're thankful that we can come and open up your word, this letter that you've written to us, this letter written out of love that we may draw closer to you, that we may understand who you are and the desires that you have for our life. I ask God that right now that you would simply speak through me, that you would use the words you've written here to reach everybody that's listening to this right now. Father, thank you most of all for Jesus and the love that he's shown us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So we're going to go to the passage today. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. I just want to read this all pretty quickly here, and then we'll dive into it. So chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction." You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all those believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in these areas, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, 
so that we need not say anything. So I want us to stop for just a second here, and I want you to consider in your mind the importance of reputation. I think to, for all of us, to some degree, reputation is something that we all care about. We, we care about what we're known for. We care about the things that are important to us, and we care about what, how people perceive that and how it connects us to other people. And like most things, reputation can become either healthy or unhealthy. For some of us, maybe our struggle with reputation is that we, we desire to be seen in such a way that, that our, our pride begins to build up, that perhaps we become people pleasers where we, even to the point of where we mislead people and this pride once again begins to swell up. But interestingly enough, on the opposite side, there is such thing as a healthy view. There is in fact value when, when what we become known for as both individuals and members of the body of Christ, is our love for Jesus and his people. That is a reputation that we can get behind. And this is exactly what we see happen here at the church at Thessalonica. This relatively small group of of believers developed a very powerful reputation in one of the most prominent cities in the world and one of the most prominent areas in the entire world. And Paul tells us exactly what that was. Look again here in verse two and three. He says, we, we give thanks to you, remembering you in our prayers. Verse three, remembering before God and our Father your work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, and love, this reputation that went forth from this, from this group of people. This is one of Paul's favorite things that he loves to talk about. It's his triad, faith, hope, and love. These three things are considered to be the cardinal virtues of Christianity. In other words, these virtues are the behaviors that we strongly aspire to, the things that we hold in deepest regard and together, when you put these three in conjunction with one another, they, they really help paint a picture of what it is to know and experience the love of Jesus, to be in relationship with him. Now, here's the interesting thing as I was processing and thinking about that this week, about how we as Christians aspire towards faith, hope, and love. In reality, all people hold these things to be true in their life. They, they do aspire that because you see faith is ultimately a set of convictions about what you believe to be true, based on the evidence that you have. Hope is something that we all long for. And the reason I know that is because all of us have felt the, the wound, the sting of, of losing hope in something, even if it is just for a temporal time. And of course, love. All of us desire to be loved in this world, to be known and cared for in such a way. The difference here. The difference between faith, hope, and love for us, and as we see here in the Thessalonians, is that each of those things, faith, hope, and love, centered on the person of Jesus Christ. We have faith in his life, his death, and his resurrection. We have faith that just by believing in that alone, we are forgiven of sin. We enter into an eternal relationship with him. We have hope that we are forgiven of that sin and that Christ lives in us. 
that he cares for us, that he guides us, that he walks with us, and that we have hope that one day we will be in his presence forever. And we know what true, unconditional love is all about. We see that in the life of Christ. We saw that he demonstrated his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, we are able to love God. We are able to love others because as John tells us, God first loved us. These are what these, this group of Thessalonians centered their lives on, a life centered on faith, hope, and love rooted in the person of Christ. And, and it creates a total 180 turn for their life, totally contrary to culture, and the effects goes beyond their own lives. Look again here, <coughs> excuse me, in verse 6 and 7, Paul goes on and he says, and you, because of these things, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers." I'm sure all of us are familiar with the idea of the, of the ripple effect, right? The, the single drop of a water onto a body of water can create a, a really bigger effect, right? It creates this wave effect. Um, a single drop of water has the potential to create waves that extend far beyond what we would imagine. There's another thing, some of you have probably heard of this, it's called the chaos theory or the butterfly effect, this idea that um, a, a single butterfly's wing across the world can cause a hurricane on the other side. And the idea is just simple, that one small action leads to other actions, and over a prolonged period of time, you actually have a major event. Well, we actually see that happen here in this church, that Paul and his team, they originally come, they, they share the gospel with the Thessalonians, but that's not really where the big impact has. That, that single drop of water actually creates lots more ripple effect because this group of believers starts to enact their faith so much so that, that it rippled out through all of Macedonia and Caia or modern day Greece, okay? Verse six tells us that two things happened when, when Paul came and he preached the word. The first is that these Thessalonians, they received the spirit of God. And that's where we always have to start is remembering that God is working through us. So these, this group, they received the spirit of God in their lives. And the second is that they began to emanate, imitate Paul and his team. Okay, so this ripple effect becomes bigger and bigger. But as they grow, as they mature, they, they look beyond just Paul and his team. They, they actually look to the spirit in, the, in their lives, to, to Christ himself, and they begin to model themselves. Uh, one, one author, Thomas Constable, wrote this. He said, Christians first look to other believers as their pattern, but through maturity, they realize that Jesus is the model. This is where we see something really incredible happen, okay? Verse 7 says, and you, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. In other words, the, the northern and the southern parts of modern day Greece here. They became an example. And here's the part that I, I feel encouraged about today and I hope you do as well is that they serve an example to us. That we, we can look at, at the lives that this group lived and we can see that their faith turned into an, an amazing work. They turned from idols. They, they repented of, of former things. They, they had a labor of love that consisted of serving and reaching their community. 
and they had an enduring hope despite much tribulation and persecution. And I can't emphasize that enough, how much, uh, how much hardship this group faced just by living in the culture that they were. See, we, we can look at this, this group here, we can look at the Thessalonians and their example, not because they're perfect, they're not. And Paul does address some things with them later on. But we can look at their example of being committed to the one who is. Their commitment to faith, hope, and love rooted in the person of Christ should be an example for us today. But it keeps going. Not only do they become an example, look at this. This, this is the part that I, I really love. This is my favorite part of this section here and one that I hope you pay attention to because it's wildly encouraging. It says this, verse 8, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia, Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. The faith, hope, and love of the Thessalonians was so powerful that Paul says that it it rang forth or that it sounded forth to all those around them and beyond. Uh, This word in your translation, depending on what you're using, may be a little different, um, rang out, sounded forth. It's, It's the very idea of like a trumpet blaring, Okay? And, and what Paul's saying here is that their lives were so unique, they were so powerful, they were so rooted in Christ that they, it couldn't, their lives couldn't help but go forth out into the community. Because of the noise they were making, people became, they, they began to notice this group. And this is the part that I want you to hear. If you hear anything, to hear this, is that if you do know Jesus Christ personally, you and I, we have a noise to make. He has given us a noise to make. There are people in our lives that need to hear that noise. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe it's the people that we encounter in public. I mean, you think about how all of us are struggling with this pandemic and other things in our lives. There, there are people that we encounter every day. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are struggling. All of those people that, that do cross our paths at some point, even if it's even a digital way, we should never doubt what God can do through us. One small drop of water can have a ripple effect beyond itself. And imagine what happens when we have lots of small drops of water working together. That's the picture here of this church in Thessalonica. This, the, the effect was reaching all of Greece. This Port City was, and what was happening was reaching the northern and the southern parts here. Don't lose sight of this because it's easy to focus on what Paul did, Paul and his team, and what they did coming and sharing the gospel originally. And as important as that is, it's really the work of this group of believers that was able to spread an impact far beyond what even Paul's team did. Uh, Constable wrote this again. I thought this was a really, really great analysis. He said, it was not through an organized evangelistic campaign that their witness went forth, but rather through the personal lives and testimonies of these transformed individuals that neighbors heard about their faith in God. Let me read that again, because I think it's just so powerful to think about. It was not through the organized evangelistic campaign of Paul and his team that their witness went forth, but rather through the personal lives and testimonies of these transformed individuals that their neighbors heard 
of their faith in God. Paul's preaching was a small part of how this community began to become changed through the gospel. It was the ministry of these people that really set things off. And, And here's what I find true is that even today, I know that's how we can operate. That the simple act of us just living our lives committed to the person of Christ has the potential to reach our city and beyond. One other author, he put it this way, and I really like this. He said, the mere preaching of the gospel has done much to convict and convert people. But the lives of sincere followers of Christ, as illustrative of these doctrines, faith, hope, and love, have done much more. I hope that you'll stop and allow yourself to, for a moment just to feel encouraged, to know that our life has purpose, that we're not just to encounter and experience God, but to, to share him with others and allow him to use us to work in the lives of other people. Not all of us are going to make the exact same noise. Each of us watching today, we have our own backgrounds, we have our own struggles, our own things that have happened in our lives to where how we share the love of God may sound a little different, but all of us are playing the exact same, or I'm sorry, we may have a different noise, but all of us are playing the same song. A few weeks ago, I I went back to Texas uh, for a funeral. Um, One of my childhood, one of my best friends of all time, I've known him since third grade, um, It was for him and his wife, their four-month-old baby. Um, About a year, a little, a year ago or so, uh, they went to their first sonogram, and as they were getting the image of the baby, um, the doctor and the nurse noticed something was a little off. They noticed that the brain and the spinal cord where it connected, that something didn't look quite right. And to keep kind of a a long story short here, they ended up having to go see a specialist. And then from there, they actually had to go to the specialist of a specialist. And that's where they learned one of the worst things that a a person, a, a parent could ever hear in their life, that their child had a condition that would ultimately lead to uh, a shortened life if, if he actually made it at all. They, and as time progressed, they realized that um, it was actually worsening at, at a rapid rate. Um, they told my friend and his wife that they weren't even sure that the child would make it to birth. And if he made it to birth, he probably wouldn't survive uh, the birthing process. And if he somehow uh, made it through the birthing process, he may only last a minute or an hour. And if, and if by some random chance he made it past that, you're looking at mere days. And so I, you, you can just sit here and imagine just the, the pain and the anguish uh, that they were going through. But Contrary to that, one of the things that happened was that he, the child did make it to birth and he lived to almost four months old, which was just amazing in and of itself. But as I'm back there and I'm at this funeral, uh, my, my friend got up and shared and how he did this, I don't know, uh, but he, he, he truly was filled with joy. And it was amazing to see this. Uh, it, that doesn't mean he had no pain. Him and his wife weren't struggling, but they found joy. And one of the things that he shared uh, during the memorial service that will stick with me forever, he shared about how when, when his son was born, 
uh, they asked the hospital if they could um, if they could bring the child in while while playing worship music in the background. And the hospital was gracious enough; they allowed that. And so, what he shared was that his son was born into the world through worship and through song and joy, and that even today, the moment he died. He's now in the presence of God doing that exact same thing. And that is what brought them joy. That will be a noise that my friend and his wife will forever be able to tell others. And, and who knows when all they'll get to use it, but that's powerful. And that's a noise that people need to hear because I learned one of the things that I was reminded of that joy does not come from circumstances, but it comes through the person of Jesus Christ. It's a sound that this world, this desperate world needs to hear. And that's a noise that they get to make for the rest of their life. So my biggest encouragement is that we would remember that we all have something we can give. We all have abilities. We all have experienced things, both good and bad, in our lives that can help people connect more to the person of Jesus and how we've connected with him. It's so easy for us to go down these rabbit holes, and, I, and I've done this myself many times, I promise you, where we, we tend to think, I don't have it all together. You know, I'm struggling. I, you know, I, I don't know how really good of an example I really am. We doubt what we have to offer, but please hear this, that freedom comes in knowing that it's not dependent upon us solely, that we, through our, our, our commitment and our love for God, that the Spirit of God works through us. He gives us the strength and the wisdom we have. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great uh, theological thinkers of the past, one of the things that he argued so well is that when, when you talk about arguing for the existence of God and for Scripture, um, the, the very best argument and advertisement that we have is the personal lives of people. That as we hear even the story of my friend and their child, and, and I think about all of you watching, those of you who know Christ personally, that testimony, your own testimony matters. And God can use it in really amazing ways. So as, as way of closure, I, I just, I want to bring you back to this. To know that to be in relationship with Christ is, is to have a life centered on our faith in him, our love for him, and our hope in him. And that through that, he can use us. We can become examples. And we have a noise to make in a world that so desperately needs to hear something good. And that good is the person of Jesus. So uh, as a way of closure, let me just end with this. What is your noise? What is your noise that you're making? And who perhaps in your life needs to hear it? Are you perhaps hearing this for the first time? Maybe you're hearing this noise and maybe you need to consider what it means to have that life of faith, hope, and love rooted in the person of Christ. And finally, never underestimate how God can use your life. Never underestimate how one single thing can have a ripple effect into this world. That's my hope. That's my prayer for all of you this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, we do thank you for how you use this group and this group of Thessalonians, how um, their commitment to you with faith, hope, and love allowed them to help reach and change their community, their culture around them. 
God thinks that they ultimately modeled themselves after you. And that's what we desire to do as well, that we want to be uh, a church here in the Charlotte area that would look to seek and, and develop and reach the communities around us. So uh, remind us that, that you have given us a noise, a, a way to sound forth. We know this world needs it. We know this world needs to hear how good you are. Give us the confidence and the wisdom to know how to do that well. Thank you for everybody who's watching today, God. May you give them a sense of peace that only you can. And thank you once again for Jesus. Thanks for what he's done for us on the cross and how we can have fellowship with you. And it's in his great and holy name that we pray. Amen. Well, as we close today, if you are able and would like to receive a blessing today for our benediction, please do so. It says, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. And may the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for worshiping with us today. And if you're ready to get more connected here at New City, you can do that by going to the website newcity.us connect and filling out the online connect form. And just a reminder, we have a brand new Facebook group launching today, New City Online. So we want this to be a place for our online community to connect with one another and encourage one another and be praying for one another throughout the week. We love you, New City. Have a great week.